Welcome to Coffee with Colleen. Get the real scoop on pets and their people. Brought to you by Funeral Radio. Welcome, everybody. It's Coffee with Colleen, and I'm assuming you've got a nice hot cup of joe in front of you. You've got it fixed exactly like you like it. I know that I do. A, a little Texas pecan flavor this morning and fixed just like I like it. Welcome this morning, and I'm so honored and I'm so excited to have Jody Clock with us today as we uh, spend a few minutes together talking about pet loss and uh, what it means to Jody and I. And, you know, the objective of our call this morning is not to just spend a little bit of time together, but to kind of give you a, a perspective from people like Jody and I as to pet loss and the journey that we as pet parents go on when we lose a pet and, and just a little bit about what we do to help those that are that are grieving and mourning the loss of a precious little family member who just, by the way, happens to have fur and four legs and maybe look a little different than the rest of the family members. But at the end of the day is very much a large part of the of the family, a very large part of the home and a very large part of what goes on in the home. So Jody, welcome. Hey, thanks. And I've got my latte sitting in front of me, so I'm good to go. Awesome. That is so you, Jody. So you. So again, I want to welcome Jody. And and first of all, Jody and I go back. What Jody always says, and I agree with this. I don't remember my life without Jody in it. And uh, we're kindred spirits um, in a variety of ways. But one of the things that her and I really, really connect on is the fact that we both have this amazing love for animals. And and we're going to talk here in a minute. And Jody has been so gracious to to ask and and to or for me to ask her to share a little bit about her precious. Ernie, who just died a few months ago, and what she went through, and both of us are keeping our dear friend Roberta Knopf in our hearts this morning as at this particular moment, there's actually a funeral service going on at, at the Sheddinger Funeral Chapel in Columbus, Ohio, for her grief therapy dog, Tara. So Jody and I are holding her close in our hearts. So um, again, I'm, I'm so honored to have Jody here. And I'm so honored to have her a part of, of the this movement of pet loss and pet loss services, and especially with what she does, not only at the Clock Funeral Home in Muskegon, Michigan, but what she does at Clock's Timeless Pets and how she honors them. So, Jody, you know what? Tell everybody just a little bit about a, a background on you and why you do what you do, and especially what you do when it comes to the loss of the pets. Well, that's a big question, so I'll do the Reader's Digest version here, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, just like Colleen, I came from the human side of things, and uh, I, I'm going to say I was a vendor partner with many funeral homes nationally across the country, and um, saw a couple of funeral homes along the way that I thought just really got it, and one of the things when I say got it was they had a therapy dog in their funeral home. So I just always carried that around in the back of my mind, and I kind of went note to self. If I ever found myself or if I was consulting at a, at a human funeral home, I'd say, you know, you really need to consider getting a therapy dog. So as my life journey progressed, uh, somehow I ended up uh, reconnecting with an old friend and uh, who is now my husband, and he happened to have three funeral homes in western Michigan. So in doing that, uh, my dog, Max, who have, I'm a Sheltie fanatic. That's my breed of choice. And Max got me through a divorce that I never saw coming. So he provided much comfort to me. And I was an empty nester, so he kind of took the place of my two-legged kid. 
And Max came with me to work, and my husband was a little annoyed with that. Not that I had a dog, but he wasn't—he was worried about what the community might think. So we went off, and I went through uh, Therapy Dogs International, and we got this little guy certified. And it was amazing how well received. And we're talking 10 years, 10, 12 years ago, this little guy was received, and then how requested he became throughout our different locations. And uh, sadly, Max died, and that was a little bit sudden. You know, he he had kidney failure, so we knew it was coming, but we hadn't prepared for the what do we do when he dies and then um, what options were out there. So when he died, I interrogated my 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 vet, my veterinarian. And I, I didn't like what he had to say. And it wasn't what he had to say was bad. I just found a couple of things wrong. One was a huge conflict of interest. We would never do that on the human side. Gosh, I'm sorry your father died today. However, I have a good friend that will, will go ahead and take the cremation and you can pick him up next week. That just, that just sat wrong with me because I didn't have a choice. And so I said, no, um, I'm going to go out and see what's out there. And I knew that there were um, people doing pet cremations, so I went, I explored, and I went to a place that was comfortable for me and that was totally transparent, where I could place Ernie in the cremating machine, of which in our world is called a retorter or a cremator, and, you know, I witnessed and participated in the cremation. So that started me on my journey, Um, and from there, I opened up Clock Timeless Pets which is a standalone pet loss memorial center where we assist people either with burial products, uh, grease therapy, keepsakes, um, or private cremations. And uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, we had to, Max had, you know, some paws to fill. And so Ernie came along and Ernie was our therapy dog. And the beautiful thing about Ernie was he came to the funeral home as a puppy. And so, Everyone in our clock family uh, at all of our locations participated in raising this little guy and uh, participated in his training. And uh, he was one of those kids who had to go to kindergarten a few times. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he, uh, he made it. Was finally. he a slow learner, Joe? He was a was very slow learner. Oh, bless his heart. interested in, in anything but uh, comforting people. He'd just rather play. Oh. So we finally got his certifications, and Ernie, God love him, uh, nine and a half years into it, when I say died suddenly, uh, within five days, I think we have something wrong to, he just, he arrested and died. And Clock Timeless Pets in our community, which is, it's a small rural community in western Michigan, and, you know, everybody knew about what we do, why we do it. Uh, in fact, we have, you know, supported many endeavors in the school systems and, you know, you, you just name it. And so where I'm always telling people they need to honor their pet, and even though if it's privately with their family, they still need to give that little little girl or guy, you know, the, the memory or the tribute they deserve. Well, I had to walk my talk. And so I just kind of thought it would be our clock funeral home family. But since we do, you know, unlike lots of people, uh, we happen to have a human funeral home as well that has a chapel, a very large chapel for that fact. And so I just put it out there to the community, actually only on social media, 
and shared that we would be honoring Ernie's life. And uh, people were invited to bring their leashed pets. And we could, you know, honor this little guy and have some food, tail wags, and fellowship. I, I was humbled and befuddled because there were over 30 leashed pets and about 60 people who showed up. And oh, these were funny. all uh, families who Ernie had touched. And I did the math. He did. He participated in 2,200 uh, family arrangement conferences and funerals. So he touched a lot of little lives. Oh, Jody, that's awesome. So that's yeah, so awesome. it was it was very heartwarming, and uh, where I just kind of thought it would be me, myself, and I, and the, and our staff, it, the whole community came out, and it was just very cool. That's awesome, Jody. Let's talk a second because what I want to do on on this call, and part of my objective, my selfish objective, if you will, and I know you and I are both selfish in this in this. Uh, thought process. What I want to do is I want to talk to pet parents and, and you know, if a, if a pet care professional or even one of our funeral colleagues happens to listen on this show, I, I want them to hear from people like you and I as far as what we need and what we want when these family members die. So, you know, I know probably when Ernie died, you and I talked about this before we started our show today, You, as, as Ernie was making his transition, and of course, given the suddenness of his death, you weren't thinking. You weren't saying, oh my gosh, I've got to arrange a funeral. What you were doing is you were looking for somebody that was going to take care of you and help you out. How can we talk to our pet parents that are in the same situation as to what you just went through with Ernie and the suddenness of what just happened there and, and how they can how they can reach out? What, what, how, how would you guide them in this area? You know, it's, it's interesting you say that and it, and it is self-serving for, for people like you and me and in terms of we're a wealth of information and you want to share. And when I was on the flip side of that, I didn't want to share. You know, I became so internal centric. You know, I was, I was right there trying to, to do whatever, but I negated to talk about it. And mm-hmm. you need to talk about it. And I don't care if it's a human, something going on with a, a human family who is transitioning to the end or, or a pet. You need to talk about it, and people are there to help. And you you need to reach out to those resources because there are end-of-life experts. Uh, There are pet palliative care experts, and those pet palliative care experts or those pet loss experts will tell you what to expect, what to do, here are your choices, instead of just being all clinical with things. And I'm going to say something that people don't often say out loud is, and I love the, our vet clinic community. They're, they're good people. They're here to keep pets alive and well. And when it comes to that end of life, then they weren't even equipped to deal with me and I knew what to do. They can't handle mm-hmm. that emotion and it's, they detach themselves. And so they just offer a solution. And, you know, you, you don't want to necessarily always look to that vet clinic. You always want to get a second opinion and reach out to other people in the community who are in the know and ask them what to do. Right. 
Yeah, and I found that too that, you know, our veterinarians are amazing in what they do from the life care and, you know, much like you're in the day-to-day business with you and Dale at, at Clock Funeral Home there and, you know, at the end of the day when when a human member dies at the hospital, you guys are the next professional to step in and and so what I want, you know, the education that I'd like to give with you and I here and standing tall and and really giving pet parents permission to reach out and ask questions and find those of life professionals in their community and ask some questions. And, you know, I know you and I are going to be on these these radio shows here and and uh, spend a lot of time together because I think we together uh, are an amazing resource that we can help some pet parents with the questions that they should ask, with the, the things that they can do. In fact, with the, the next radio show, Jodes, I'd like to invite you back and let's talk about some of the rituals and some of the things that people have done in end of life. And, and that way we can give some of our pet parents and our own community some things to think about so that's that's what we want that's what we want on this this coffee with Colleen and coffee with Jody this morning that it can be that resource and it can be that that place that people can turn and say wow I heard that and that is so me and that is so my dog and I want to do that so that's that's how I'm seeing this talk to me Jody well I you're spot on and here's the thing what I did, and I encourage every everybody to do, even if they do it proactively and they're not in the crisis situation. Social media is a fabulous resource, and I'm going to pick on Facebook for a minute. That there is a lot of power in that, and if you put out there, you know, one or two sentences of what you're doing, that goes viral. And if you're looking for help, they will guide you to the right places, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be in your community. You know, I've had people reach out to me from other states looking for who in their neck of the woods they can talk to or they want to know they're not nuts and they're not crazy. These feelings, they want to be validated that these feelings are real and they want to do something. And even though their, their vet clinic professional was uncomfortable with it, it doesn't mean that they're wrong and that they have the right to, to, ask questions. They have the right to participate, be as involved uh, in that death and dying process. And then after that death process, they have that right to uh, walk every step of the way of that journey. And it's, it's, it's not good or bad. There's no judging. They just have that right. And if that makes them feel good, like George, they need to do it. You know, the statement I always use is they don't know what they don't know. And so we, we want to give them we want to give them, first of all, permission in that right and say that right is yours. And if you do want to do something more, and more doesn't need to be medicinal, more can be something else as far as a ritual or it can be something else in that. Tell me what you're seeing in the families that you're working with up in your area and some of the things and some of the ways that you give them permission to do more. Oh, gosh, all kinds of things. I I think I'm going to kind of start on the more on before death happens and we have some amazing um, pet networks around here and and one of them I am going to give a shout out and a plug uh, to Jennifer Waters at, at Grumpy Pups Pet Photography just like when you know your grandfather or your parent is dying you know how everybody gets those family photos well senior mm-hmm. pets and end of life you know one of those things is to give them permission that it's okay to get that that portrait of that dog or that family photo mm-hmm. of that dog. And that's, that's a wonderful thing as a keepsake to cherish because when, when that dog is gone, that's, 
that's a permanent reminder of some very happy times. And so those are some of the things that we're trying to educate people on. And then some of the things, you know, even after the fact, because maybe people don't want to talk about it, one of the things that is just very wonderful is, well, that pet was very private and personal to them, but they don't want to, you know, put it out there for the whole world. Uh-huh. They can have pieces of jewelry made that can be very nondescript, or they can be very blatant with a paw print or something. So, you know, while that pet is living, you can, well, and even when they're deceased, but you can get those their paw print or their digital paw print, and you can have those types of things made. And I'm seeing those things, I'm seeing that happen more times than not. Uh, I've got pet parents, not so much when death happens. You know, we always take a paw print, a fur clipping, and a digital uh, paw print. But I'm, about four months down the road, I'm seeing people place those orders in the privacy of their own home, and that just kind of fills that void, you know, mm-hmm. it's that house of quiet. Or they might have a, yes. a new a new little kid there, but it's just not the same. And I'm seeing that that, that provides comfort. And then the third thing, and this is a people are asking me because these pets are so precious to them, and this is a little disjointed tangent. You say people don't know what they don't know, and they don't realize that when they die, that they can have their pet's cremated remains, if their pet is cremated, be, be with them, whether they're cremated mm-hmm. or they're buried. And that seems to be one of the biggest pet questions I get on a regular basis. And I'm even having vet professionals ask me that. You know, are there laws? Can you do this? Is that against the law? And, you know, it's okay to get your pet back. Some people don't realize that when they cremate, they can have their their pet's cremated remains come back. And it can be in a special place, uh, whether it's on their bookshelf, on the mantle, in their bedroom. But then that pet can be with them throughout eternity in their end of life. And you know what? It's That's such a powerful comment, and I know we're going to explore this in later shows, but uh, the comment that I always have and the, and the guidance I always give to people is, you know, first of all, that education that you just gave that says, hey, listen, when you die, have you thought about what's going to happen to these little urns of these precious little pets? Because the reality is, and Jody, you know this probably better than anybody, the reality is that these urns are showing up at Goodwill, they're showing up in estate sales, they're showing up because the kids don't know what they are. And if yep. you've empty nested and the and the pets are there, what do the children know about what you've done with the pet when it died? They don't know. So at the end of the day, these are showing up at Goodwills. Well, if your request, much like what you just said, Jody, is to have this pet go with you and to be maybe even re-cremated with you, I've had a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, you're right. I'm going to put that in my will. I well, have- Jody, talk about that. You can't have it in the will, right? No, you can't. You know, the will happens after everything is done. Exactly. The will is just, you know, a word that people hang on to and they know and they think it's an end-all, be-all. And again, it's it's well-intended misinformation. And so you have to, you know, really, you know, I guess it's our job, and I'm passionate about this, is to get the word out to those key influencers, whether they're the hospice nurses, uh, whether it's the estate planning attorneys, the elder care attorneys. Mm-hmm. People need to acknowledge now that these pets are a part of people's lives. And number one, the pet's life doesn't have to end just because the human's life doesn't have to end. So that's a whole other topic. But then what about the other pets who have died? And, you know, what are you going to do with these things in the house? And uh, that is a very popular topic these days. And 
again, it's just educational. I can't tell you. Um, I've got a girlfriend in Columbus, and she's you know she's been single her whole life, and she's got so far ten little little urns, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's like, okay, Joe, you know, not only are you because she's about sixteen years older than I am, and she's like, okay. First of all, here's where everything is located. Here's where they are, and they're with me, and that's step number one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yay for her for thinking about that. And that, you know, and then she looks at me and she says, am I crazy? I'm like, well, you're crazy, but not on this issue. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe other topics, but not yeah, that one. Yeah. And, oh, you for know, sure. That's what the beauty of the baby boomers, of which you and I are, We've changed school systems. We've changed, you know, cars to minivans. We've changed everything. And now we're changing um, how we look at death and dying in pet loss and then what we do with end of care with ourselves and with pet loss. And we're talking about it. And and that's what you got to do. And, and you know what, Jodes? We are talking about it. Now, here's what I always tell pet parents, and I know you say this too. Listen, I don't like the rules either, but I didn't write them. So let's just figure out what we're going to do to, first of all, remove the fear of the unknown because so many people say, I just don't know what's going to happen next. And that's a lot of the anxiety when we think about the loss of our precious pets. I don't know what's going to happen next. Maybe the next thing is, and and again, this is my objective on this call today with you, is to give people the permission to seek out somebody like Jody Clock or Colleen Ellis or Roberta Knopf or any of our colleagues that are out there that specialize in pet loss and ask the questions because my goal with working with a family who's just lost a beloved pet, my goal is, is I want you to look back on this end of life journey six months from now and I want you to say, I have no regrets. Everything was exactly as it should have been for his end of life care and for his end of life process with the cremation or the rituals or whatever it may have been and I have no regrets. So when you reach out to professionals like Jody and myself and our other colleagues that are across the country and you ask the questions, which you have a right to do. Jody mentioned that a few minutes ago. You have that right to do that. Is it difficult? Absolutely it's difficult. And we know that. We've been on the receiving end of those calls and we've been the ones asking the questions. So we definitely know that. But I can tell you it will help your heart and give you that peace of mind to close your eyes and say it was exactly as it should have been. Well, you Do you agree so, with that, Jody? I, I agree with that. And I, I want to – I keep going back to the human side. And, you know, when you get to the end of life on the human side, for years people just accepted, okay, somebody has cancer, it's a death sentence, or you have this and it's that. And it's because, again – Somebody with a high degree of education shared that information. Well, you know what? At best, that's just that's just one person's opinion or one person's right. thought. And you, just like we have to manage our own health care and we have to manage our parents and their death and dying, we have to manage our pet's end of life. So you've got to ask those questions. And when you're not sure... I mean, yes, we have the University of Google you can go to, and sometimes there's good information and sometimes there's not. But it can lead you to a teaching hospital and go somewhere and ask that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's just one person's opinion. So, you know, what? and some person may say, oh, well, we just bury our pets in the backyard. Okay, that's not good or bad, and maybe they do. Some people say, oh, 
you know, they lived and so I don't want anything back and you just cremate them and move on. And what has happened, what I have found, and I think you would agree, and this is not wrong because I was one of those people. There's a difference. There are pet owners and there are pet parents. And Mm -hmm. I think, and, and I want to have no shaming here because I was a pet owner for many years when I was busy and I was in my 20s and early 30s and I was raising kids and I was working and all of that. And I had two cats and it was Kelly and Tish and they were both two Siamese cats and they both, they both came to their end of life and we euthanized them together. And then I didn't, I just told the vet that they could cremate them and I didn't ask. I didn't mm-hmm. want to know. And then lo and behold, my career ended up in funeral service. And I always wondered what happened. And I always felt bad. And my son, who was six at that time, asked me, Mom, whatever happened to Tish and Kelly? You know, and I had to honestly say, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. was were they cremated? Did the vet actually cremate them? Did it go to a landfill? Did they do what they said they were going to? I don't know. And I always felt bad. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop beating myself up because I didn't know any better. Right. And many people don't know any better. And maybe they're good with that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But, you know, several years later down the, lo- down the road, that popped up and I felt bad, A, that I didn't see it through. I only saw it to the euthanasia. I didn't see it through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part that I don't want anybody to have any regrets on. I and agree. So putting it out there. I I totally agree with you. And, you know, Jody, I always say that same thing. You know, it's dawn of a new day. And and while there may be situations like what you had with Kelly and Tish that we talk to pet parents every day that can probably give you a, 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 a same story about a pet in their world. And what I always tell them is, listen, you made the best decision with the information you had at that point. But now it's the dawn of a new day. And we've got new information, number one. Number two, you know how that one made you feel. So probably we don't want to do that one again because you learned something from it. And so let's really set back. Let's look at what you've got going. Let's look at what what you might want to do, again, in an area that you don't know what you don't know because that's why Jody and I are here is to kind of help round that out for you. So this end-of-life journey now with whatever you're going to do, we can give you those things that what I want to have happen is to people for people to say to me, I didn't even know I needed that coin, and then you gave me that idea, and it was the best thing ever. It was awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to do, exactly what I should do. And when I look back on this, I know and I can close my eyes and have a peaceful smile and say, I honored him the way I should. And it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And so I know that's the goal for you and that's the goal for me. And and again, Jody, um, my goal, and I know that, that both you and I have uh, have taken, you know, a few minutes this morning and, and talked with families and said, ask the questions. What I want to do, I want to I want to invite you back on our on our next segment, and I want to talk a little bit more for those pet parents that are going to be listening to this, and and let you and I kind of bat around some ideas and say, hey, here's some things that you can do. You know, let's talk about for the animals that maybe were were disc dogs you know what can you do at the park or or how can you make that end of life i know with roberta i talked to her the other day about the final few minutes of of tara's life before she uh, actually had to do the euthanasia and she went down to subway 
and got Tara a Subway sandwich. Tara had never had people food, and she got to eat people food right there at the very end. And, and it was just, it was one of those things that Roberta said. I gave it to her at the end, and she was looking at me going, oh, my gosh, Mommy, this is delicious. So what are those things that we can do and that we can guide people on? So I'm going to uh, take some time here. I know all of you have probably, like me, you've finished that coffee or, as Jody's doing, a beautiful latte and, and uh, wrap up our time here. And uh, tell all of you, first of all, hold those pets close that you have at home. Keep those ones that are in your heart that have been there forever. And I want you to join us the next time. And uh, Jody and I are going to take you through on some of those things that pet parents can do when they're thinking about rituals or memorialization or whatever it may be when we can say, let's make that end-of-life journey exactly as it should be. Jody, thank you for being here with us today. Any parting words on your side before you join us on the next segment? Well, I, first of all, I want to say you are welcome. And any parting words, there are no wrongs. Listen to your, listen to your internal compass and run with it. And, and that's what people need to do. And so I guess Beautiful. I want to part with that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us on Coffee with Colleen. And uh, we'll see you on our next segment. 